0: what is going on everybody you are back at another edition of ballin over beers i am justin dupageyser i am joined as always by my guys A.K. how and james fitch fellows we are to the championship games james how are you doing
1: i'm fired up man uh my bills are in the afc championship game against your chiefs hopefully uh hopefully it's a good game
0: yeah, that is um, not something I was thinking was going to happen at the beginning of the year, but here we are. No, sir. Here we are. I did, I did not expect this. <laughs> no, AK, what's up, man?
2: Um, not much. Uh, enjoying golf, like the my bangles are.
0: Yeah, that is <laughs> that is pretty <laughs> much accurate. I would say <laughs> that is for sure. Um, well, Burrow's not enjoying any golf. Maybe watching it, but not playing it at this at this time um yeah he's not doing much of anything no just a lot of rehab for for burrow i would say yeah that's about it <laughs> let's uh let's jump right into it we got a, a jam-packed show obviously with the championship games going on so why, why don't we start like we uh, kind of always do and just immediate takeaways from the divisional round uh weekend and we'll start right with you james what, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from that weekend
1: well, just like we all thought, the Packers and Rams game was the uh, I think the high-scoring game. I think we all predicted that. So um, yeah, no, I'm I'm kidding. I mean that that was kind of surprising to me. I think a lot of the games. I mean, Bills Ravens was seventeen to three. The the Chiefs Browns game went to <coughs> seventeen. Uh, so I, I don't think the games were as high-scoring as I had predicted. Um, I, I thought that was was pretty strange.
0: Yeah that, yeah, that Packers-Rams game, like you said, just like just like everybody thought, the high-scoring one of the weekend. That's craziness. Um, AK, what was your takeaway? My biggest
2: takeaway from the weekend is how it is very hard to end your career on a high note, and I'm still pretty upset that Drew Brees had to end his career with a four-interception beatdown like he did.
0: Definitely, um, Definitely not great to see kind of how he went out and then you saw today his wife kind of came out and gave a little bit more of um, a picture of kind of what was going on for, for Drew the entire season and the amount of injuries he was actually playing through um, for those that didn't see it he was he, everybody knew about the broken ribs but I mean he had countless other things torn fascia in his foot um, some other stuff torn labrum stuff like that or something I can't even remember what it was now, but just a lot of injuries. But you know, if he does decide to um, hang it up, what a, what an incredible career, you know. And we we obviously saw another quarterback kind of hang it up and, and call it quits today and retire, and that is Philip Rivers. Um, real quick before we get to that, I guess I, I just want to say the the biggest thing my takeaway from it, in, in comparison to what we saw in. The wild card weekend we talked about how coaches were coaching scared and coaching not to lose games well I think that Andy Reid kind of showed why he's one of the best coaches in the NFL you know with a backup quarterback in their own territory fourth and inches and he he calls a sprint out um, with Chad Henney to to Tyree Kill to seal the deal and get the victory for Kansas City with Mahomes obviously being out with the injury so what an incredible call there um and, and like i said just kind of the opposite of what we saw on the wild card weekend so i thought that was pretty interesting just real quick on the philip rivers front um AK, do you think he's a hall of famer no not
2: how i kind of judge if someone's in the hall of fame in my eyes is just you know close your eyes and just think about their career and i'd never in his whole career i don't think he was ever really a top five top eight guy I always thought he was second or third tier his whole career, so I'm going to say no.
0: James, what about you?
1: I say no. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Good or not the Hall of Great. It's it's the Hall of Fame, and I just I don't think he did enough. I, I think he had a great career. Uh, and, and, you know, if I were a, a fan of fan of the Chargers, uh, you know, I'd be a little disappointed that he, he couldn't get us one, but I, I'd still, um, you know, be very, very happy with, with the career that he had for my team.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, man, he's going to be a tough one, and he's going to be debated, uh, I'm pretty sure, for for the entire time he's eligible, um, whether or not he gets in. He, he Like you said, he had he's had a great career, he really has. I think it was like 252 consecutive starts or something like that, you know, 17-year career. He, uh, you know, played in the AFC Championship game right basically after tearing his ACL, played the entire game with a torn ACL, which is just a pretty incredible feat. And I I saw somebody tweet out earlier today that um, if you look at, like, his career EPA compared to, like, Eli and Big Ben, who he's always going to be compared to because of that draft class, like, he's, like, sixth overall in that, where Big Ben and Eli are, like, 18th and 35th or something like that. I think he's, like, fifth all-time in passing yards. He's top seven in, like, touchdowns. So, I mean, the argument can be made, the biggest – thing there is just the winning he just doesn't have the the wins and obviously you don't need to have a Super Bowl championship to be in the Hall of Fame I mean Dan Marino is arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and he he doesn't have a Super Bowl um under his belt so it'll be interesting to see kind of uh w- what ends up happening him with him but regardless incredible career um you know for him as far as the quarterback position is is concerned um, what was not incredible was was the, my picks this past weekend for the the last round. Um, so why don't we recap those? I'm gonna start just because it was bad. I was I was one and three. I had um, the Bills cover for me and get the win, and then I had the Rams. Um, this they, sh- they ended up just getting blown out. They couldn't keep the game close. The Packers looked very good in that game. Um, Kansas City I think I think that game would have been if Mahomes would have stayed in it um obviously he ends up getting hurt so they don't end up covering the 10 points there um and then I, I I picked the Saints and Tampa Bay ended up getting the win on that one James why don't you go ahead oh and I'm I'm one in three for that week and then now I'm two seven and one in the playoffs so James why don't you go ahead and and give us yours
1: yeah, it looks like I had the best best week at two and two, uh, losses with the Rams and the Chiefs and wins with uh, the Bills and in Tampa Bay. I mean the Rams the Rams had a chance. I mean they were down what? They were down seven in the fourth. They had the ball, um, and, and they had a chance to go down and tie the game and they just couldn't put uh couldn't put a drive together and then they punted the ball away and then the bomb to Lazard happened to, to really seal it for the Packers, so you know, in the scoreboard, it looks like the Packers blew them out, but they had a chance. Um, Chiefs should have covered, like you said, Justin. Um, he, the Browns should feel fortunate to cover in that game with Mahomes exiting the game early and the fumble into the end zone, which we won't get into. But I think everyone thinks that's like the worst rule in all of sports. How how that's a touchback that's just so stupid. Um, and then covers with the Bills, and then I, I got the win with Tampa. I went against the the, the green there with uh, with you guys and. I think Tampa was fortunate to squeak that one out. I think just the turnovers from the Saints really did them in, and and that's why Tampa won that game. Um, and my two and two record brings me to four, five, and one.
0: Very nice, AK. What about you?
2: I am now four, five, and one after a one and three week. Um, I hit the Rams, or I'm sorry, I hit the Packers um, over the Rams. The Ravens game is. The perfect example of if you follow football and if you look at defensive rankings, the only thing that matters is points um, because the Rams or the Ravens, you know, had more first downs, more yards, uh, time of possession, everything else except score. And that's the only thing that matters. So the Bills had a nice victory there. Same with you guys on Kansas City. Not really going to get into that. And then I had New Orleans and just the four turnovers, kind of. Gave you no chance at winning that game.
0: Yeah, turnovers turnovers are always the great equalizer, and especially in the playoffs. Um, did you guys see Aaron Rodgers uh, Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show at all? Yes, I did. I thought yeah, I caught some of it. You caught some of it. I thought it. Was, I thought it was pretty crazy because James, you brought uh, the Alan Lazard play, and everybody there was the clip going around how they have Aaron Rodgers pointing or whatever, and it, it's looking like he's basically telling Lazard to go, to go deep or whatever. And so McAfee obviously asks him about it, and he go and Rodgers is like, no, that's not what it was. He's like, it's supposed to look like the run action, so I was reminding him that, hey, you need to block the safety there, which the insight that he gives, like obviously it's a lot of fun and stuff, but the insight that he does give, when he's on the show is just incredible about the, the detail and the little things that they're the communication and the kind of stuff that goes on with, with these guys. It's pretty remarkable to see, you know, and, and Rogers does such a good job of kind of explaining it and, and going there with it. And obviously then, you know, you got Mac if bring in the funny, but I thought that was super interesting how, um, Roger said that yeah he was calling out the safety to tell to tell Lazard to remind him that he's supposed to be blocking him on this run fit even though that you know obviously they knew it was a play action but just to try to sell it even more really basically so I thought that was pretty cool. Let's um move on to to this this week we got two games obviously we're NFC AFC championship game some really great matchups and, and kind of when you. Think about back to the beginning of the year. I know nobody really kind of thought Buffalo was going to be there. At least most people. I know I didn't um, and AK didn't. But a lot of people like Kansas City and Tampa Bay. And they both happen to be in this in this championship, in their respective championship games. The first game of the day is that NFC one with Tampa Bay going against Green Bay. The Bucks are three and a half point dogs with the over-under being 51 points. Um, AK, we'll start right with you for this one. Where are you going in this game?
2: I'm going right back to the live pack first on this game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback. I don't think he's going to throw four interceptions, which is going to cause Tampa Bay to be behind quite a bit. Um, I'm really not sold on the Buccaneers' offense at this point. Uh, they look okay, but I don't think okay will get you to the Super Bowl. The Packers are 10-3 and three against the spread this year uh, when they're favored by minus eight or lower. I just feel everything is, you know, point and rate in Green base direction. Their offensive line's peaking. Even with Bakhtiari out, they're still playing great football, running the ball well, and I just don't see Aaron Rodgers really losing this game.
0: Yeah, speaking about Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers against the spread as a favorite is 94 62 and 3. As a home favorite, he's 58 34 and 3. And as a home favorite less than 7 points, he's 27 12 and 1. So, he he has a pretty favorable um, winning percentage in all three of those aspects in this game against the Bucks. James, are you are you going Tampa Bay here, um, and kind of going against the trends, or do you see this as another Green Bay win?
1: So I'll say this: I don't think, I don't think Tom Brady has played his best game in the playoffs. I don't think we've seen it yet. Uh, we may see it this weekend, uh, but ultimately, I, I think uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to take the Packers. That's officially going to be my pick. I wish this was three and not three and a half. I think we all do. Um. But I don't. I just don't see a repeat of that week. I think it was Week Five blowout. It was a thirty-eight ten win for for Tampa. I think pretty much everything lined up perfectly for Tampa in that game. Um, Green Bay had. I looked this up. Green Bay had seventy-six penalty yards in that game. Tampa had zero. Not a single penalty. Not a single penalty yard in that game. It was the only game of the season where Aaron Rodgers uh, had multiple interceptions uh alan lazard was on ir for that game uh tanyan um i think left the game early with a sprained ankle just everything went wrong for for green bay in that game and i I just don't see how that happens you've got the weather advantage i know brady's played in the cold before obviously with with uh new england um but i I just think everything points in the the direction of of green bay in this game And, and justin you just provided a lot of a lot of stats to, to back that up. I, I just think that team's rolling. Um, they're going to take from their their blowout experience in the NFC Championship game last year. And I think they, they learned a lot from that. So uh, give me uh, Green Bay.
0: Yeah, um, I, think, I think I'm going to make a clean sweep across the board with Green Bay. I, I think this game really boils down to one thing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's whether or not they can get pressure they've been really the only team all year that's been able to get any pressure on Rodgers for the season. I think he has like either like a 13 or 14% pressure rate. So that offensive line has obviously been doing a tremendous job. And, you know, and part of that is, and I, I don't know how many people really give enough credit to this is that a lot of the time sacks and pressure rate is a lot on the quarterback, right? Um, you know, you look at some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you can see that they have some of the lowest pressure rates in the NFL, and that's it's Green Bay and Kansas City. And I can I can assure you, as a Chiefs fan, Kansas City does not have one of the best offensive lines. They actually probably have one of the worst and one of the most injured and guys who have opted out. So um, a lot of that is just on quarterback play, being able to get you know put them in good positions to be able to um, get in right protection calls. Um, it's about getting the ball out quick and understanding if, if, you know, if you have an extra rusher, where are your outlets, where are your hots, where are your checkdowns to be able to get rid of the football and not, and not get pressured. So, um, in the last game that they, they played, they, they got a ton of pressure. The Bucks did on Aaron Rodgers. I want to say if I'm remembering right, it was almost at like a 40 or 45% clip. They were getting pressure on him. And then clearly it, it led to what the result was which was you know a kind of a, a beat down from the bucks by the packers um i think that you know obviously if green bay can protect they can um they can win and i i think that the way that their offense is playing right now i see it being a pretty close game i i whatever buddies phil asked us today like what i thought on it and i i said maybe like a 24 20 to game you know something like that where it it's close but green bay ends up Pointing it pointing it out in the end um, so I'll, I'll definitely I'll take I'll take Green Bay in this one um, for right now and I, I think it's I think it's gonna be a good game I really do but I think that with, with the way that Green Bay is playing they end up they end up getting getting it done the next game is the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. AFC Championship game. So it's the third straight AFC Championship game hosted in Kansas City. Um, The only ever time it's been done in history happened coincidentally for the Philadelphia Eagles, who Andy Reid was coaching at the time. So Andy Reid has done this twice in his career with two separate teams, which is pretty remarkable. Um, But the Bills are three-point underdogs, and the over-under is 54 Some interesting stats here on this one. Um, Patrick Mahomes as an underdog or small favorite, so three points or less. He has gone 10-2-1, which is 83% against the spread. Obviously, I just told you the spread right now is three points. The um, other thing kind of in, in the AFC that's been pretty remarkable, and if you think about the teams that they've had and the quarterbacks that have been playing in the AFC the Peyton Manning's, the Tom Brady's, the Ben Roethlisberger, and now Mahomes. So there's been ten quarterbacks since 2002 that have reached the AFC title game for the first time. All ten of them have come up short with a two and eight um, record against against the spread. So Josh Allen really it, would it be, if he can get it done, would be the first guy to do it. Basically, even Mahomes, when you think back to his first time that he went up against Brady he lost so in that AFC championship game now obviously there's a lot surrounding this game Patrick Mahomes is in the in the concussion protocol right now um, whether you think he had a concussion or not I mean is irrelevant he's in the concussion protocol he has to get passed he has to pass the concussion protocol by an independent neurological consultant basically for, for which is assigned to every team in the NFL, um, which is agreed upon by the NFL PA and the NFL. So the NFL, the team has no say basically in whether or not he is allowed to play. He has to get past this independent consultant to, to determine whether he can play or not right now. They said he, he basically took every snap in practice, but practice at this point is basically just walkthroughs. They're glorified walkthroughs. They're not going through too much. So he has to go through that though and be symptom free. Now, Obviously, reports are coming out that he's he's doing pretty well. The Chiefs also have Sammy Watkins, Clyde Edwards-Lair, Brashad Breeland, who went out of the Browns game with a concussion. So he's in the concussion protocol. They also were all limited in practice today, which is a good sign for them. Um, as far as Buffalo is concerned, they had Gabriel Davis, who got banged up in their game against Baltimore, and he did not practice today. So that is something um, definitely to keep an eye on, especially with – Cole Beasley also kind of being banged up these past few weeks. And obviously John Brown coming back from an injury just a couple weeks ago as well. So a lot to uh, digest there, a lot of information, but James, um, it is your Buffalo bills. We are going to go to you first. Where are you going in this one?
1: Yeah, I am going to circle the wagon with my bills on this pick. Um, Will I get to the betting window uh, with this bills plus three? I, I don't know. I, this is probably more of just like a lean for me to be honest, um, but for the sake of our contest, uh, I'm gonna go against the grain here and take the Bills. Uh, you, I think you guys are going in opposite directions, but I'll let you speak on that. Uh, I I just I, I don't know. I I one, it's my team. It's hard to root against them. Uh, trying to set that aside, I I just I think this could be a close game, and and I like the points. Um, when I go back and look at the matchup earlier this year. Um, you know, the, the Bills kind of really committed to stopping the pass and let the Chiefs run all over them. I, I think this is going to be we – were, we were talking about this. I think this is going to be an entirely different game. I, I can see it being kind of more of a high-scoring game. Um, Matt Milano was on the IR for the Bills in the Week 6 matchup. He's kind of their best um, – he's he's probably their best linebacker. He's great at, at neutralizing tight ends. Um, we didn't see Mark Andrews have a great game last week. Um, like many of us thought we would. He's also great at at defending against uh, pass-catching back, so hopefully having him back in the lineup, I I still think Kelsey's Kelsey, and he's going to have a great game, but hopefully it neutralizes that a little bit. Um, The Chiefs had the worst red zone defense. They were dead last in the regular season, Um, so I just think if the Bills can get the ball into the red zone, they have a great chance of of scoring touchdowns. Uh, The Bills' offense was ranked 12th in that category, so they were in the, the top half of the league. Um, I don't think we're going to see Mahomes at 100%. I I do feel like, and I felt this way since Sunday night. I, I feel Mahomes is going to play. I, I never really doubted that. It's it's still not a guarantee, but I, I think he's going to be in there. And I, I think sports books. Um, I've, honestly, I've been surprised that they've even had this lineup all week, or they've even had a lineup. I, I think sports books are pretty much telling us that uh, Mahomes is going to play. Um, I think plus three. It could be maybe a little bit short if Mahomes is is confirm playing we may see that number tick to three and a half and four i i don't i don't really think so but it, it could happen um at the end of the day i i'm just one i'm going to be rooting for the bills two i'm going against going against you guys for the contest and um three i just i, I don't think they've played their best game yet in the playoffs and i'm, I'm hoping they show up here
0: ak what about you <sighs>
2: I am going to go with the Chiefs for the contest. Um, I think that if Mahomes is playing, that they have the better quarterback and the better coach. That's not a knock on Allen or McDermott. They're up there, and they're a great quarterback coach as well. But I just think Reed and Mahomes are substantially better than any quarterback coach combo in the league. So right there, you know, I'm already leaning towards Kansas City and it being home. Um, they are calling for a little bad weather, and I know how weather can affect the Buffalo Bills, so it could be an interesting game for Josh Allen there. Um, I am a little concerned with the Chiefs' red zone defense. I know James talked about it. I mean, they're allowing 76.6% um, of score or touchdowns once the opponents hit their red zone. And with Josh Allen's scrambling ability, I mean, they're going to be scoring at 80 90% if they get into the red zone there. I do think that one turnover could change the whole outcome of the game. But I don't think Mahomes is going to cause that turnover. So unless they get like a fluky fumble or something, I think Kansas City covers this.
0: Yeah, so um, you touched on the weather there. Right now... It's calling for forty-four degrees, occasional rain showers, five to ten mile per hour winds, with a forty percent chance of rain. Um, the wind, nothing it says over ten miles per hour, and nothing higher than, and then a fifty percent chance of rain on Sunday night. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on, see what goes on there. I, I'm not too worried about it, um, unless the wind is super high and it's super high sustained winds. Um, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. As far as the game is concerned, if Patrick Mahomes plays like people are anticipating, at this point, I do think he will play. Um, I'm hopeful, I should say, that he will play. I think that you know everything, all the reports that have come out are that he's good. If you watch Pro Football Doc or, or use him at all for anything, you know whether fantasy or anything, deciding who plays, he does a really nice job of analyzing injuries and things of that nature. And he came out with a video the other day. Basically stating what he thought the injury was, which he basically said he thought it was like a carotid sinus or something like that. Which basically he got took a blow to the neck, which is if he if he hits it, um, you get hit there. You can uh, you can pass out basically. Martial artists use the move sometimes. Even cops use the move to stun people or whatever, and you can pass out from that. But anytime if you're in the NFL, if they see that wooziness where he stood up and he and he um, wobbled there, he's instantly pretty much going to go in the concussion protocol. So I, I think he should play. So it, it, with him playing, I think this line is too short. I think it should be four and a half. Um, I, I'm going to take Kansas City in this game. I think they're the better team. Um, I think that obviously something even big. Including the Mahomes thing is the Bashad Breeland thing, who's probably their best cover corner at, at this point. Um, I think LeJarius Sneed has done a tremendous job as a fourth-round rookie, but I'm not sure if he if he's ready to step out and be the outside corner lined up against like a Stephon Diggs. So h- him coming back and him being able to play is actually pretty crucial for the defense. Obviously, you know I'm I'm going to be interested to see if Buffalo comes out and and does what they did last time where their game plan, they basically said was we're going to play and sit in too high and invite the run. Um, Kansas city has faced two high safeties more than any team in the NFL this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do some of that, but even if they do, this is not going to be the same Kansas city offense as, as we've seen. And on the other pod, I kind of got into it. um, I do a podcast for arrowhead live. I talked about it, how this is, this offense that we saw against Cleveland is much different than the offense we even saw in you know probably since like week 10 or week 11 of Kansas City. Very vanilla for the last part of the season for Kansas City. and this one, they came out and it looked much more like they were opening it up, running a lot more um, diverse playbooks. So I would anticipate, anticipate um, something similar to that. Now obviously I think Bill's defense has improved throughout the year. Um, James, do you think this situation in this game is this is this a si- situation, or does how much does Tredavious White shadow? Do you think he's going to follow Tyree Kill in this?
1: I, I always think he's going to, and then he does less than um, I anticipate. So I I wouldn't be surprised if if he doesn't. I I think the the defense like you said they've really. I mean, going back to like the Pittsburgh game, like they've really started forcing turnovers. And I, I think that's been, that's been part of their success, right? We've had, we've seen a lot of defensive touchdowns from that defense. So, um, but yeah, going back to your question, I, and, and I don't, I don't remember what they did in week six, too. We were talking about how, uh, Hill had three for 20. I looked up Kelsey's numbers. I think he had five for 65. It, it was a running game. So, um, I, I don't really know what to expect there but my my gut tells me that he's he's probably not gonna shadow him I, I don't really know
0: yeah I think that you know in like you said in that first matchup it was just a run heavy game I think clyde edwards lair ended up having like 26 carries or something like that for like 165 if i'm remembering right off the top of my head um
1: yeah i I just think that they, if I can just, sorry to interrupt you, I I think they, what I wanted to say was I I think they've put a lot of trust in guys like Levi Wallace and and even Johnson in in the slot who's had a couple of those pick sixes over the last several weeks. I I think they've put a lot more trust in those guys and and they've taken some of that pressure off of Trey White.
0: Yeah, so I'm trying to look this up here right now. So what I'm seeing is kind of basically what you were just saying. Um, White will move back and forth to left or right cornerback so he'll stay on the outside but basically he will never go in the slot he's only in the slot like three percent of the time and if you look at um Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill lines up in the slot 59 percent of the time so if Hill's in the slot he's not going to get matched up on him so that could be something where you know obviously they put Hill in the slot and they just say you know what we'll keep Tredavious White on the outside and let him get matched up and let Demarcus Robinson run wind sprints against him or something you know Mm -hmm. um
1: what I'm curious to see, so we weren't sure if so the the Bills played the Ravens last season uh, in the regular season, um, and what we weren't sure is if they would employ kind of a, a similar defensive game plan for Lamar Jackson. I think for the most part, we saw the same thing, right, in in two different seasons. Um, so, kind of kind of leads me to believe that they, there's a chance that they, you know, they they commit to uh, really. Um, trying to stop that pass, so they may take a similar approach. I, I guess it wouldn't really surprise me if we saw a similar defensive approach uh, as as we saw in, in Week Six.
0: Yeah, I think that I could definitely see them doing that, and I think that um, I think that the Kansas City basically would uh, not have the game same game plan. I think that Andy Reid understands kind of where his bread is buttered in the playoffs in these huge games he's not going to take the ball out of mahomes's hand it's just in his nature to want to throw the ball in general he's a pass first um coach that's just who he's been all of his career wherever he's been with whoever his quarterback has been and and especially now that he has mahomes he's going to say oh that's you know that's fine but they they'll they'll find ways to you know scheme up pass plays even if they are Sitting with these soft coverages and keeping the light boxes. Not saying they won't run at all, because they will. They're I mean, they're, you're going to have to against some of these boxes. Even in the last matchup, you saw, you know, they they were leaving five, only five or six. So you got to be able to take advantage and, and and at least pick up, you know, five, six, seven yards when you can in that. Um, A.K., in this matchup, obviously on the on the other side, Stefan Diggs. Is somebody who's been completely on a tear. Do you do you think that Kansas City would be wise to maybe say put their best corner on them, or do you say just double him every single time? Maybe put like Breland and whoever Dan Sorensen or whoever on him, and say all right, we're gonna put you know Tyrone Matthew on Cole Beasley and whoever on whoever, but double digs pretty much every time and make somebody else beat you.
2: I'm pretty torn there because you know, part of me just want to say, just let Diggs get his numbers that he normally gets and uh, trust your offense is going to be able to outscore the Bills. But at the same time, you know, outside of Diggs, do they really have a explosive playmaker? You know, John Brown's a little banged up, Gabe Davis is banged up, Cole Beasley's banged up. So if you can double Diggs. I think going into this week just because of the Bills injuries at receivers would make the most sense. Um, if the Bills were 100% healthy at the wide receiver position, I would, you know, just let Diggs get his and worry about shutting down the rest of the offense, but that's and kind it, of where I am.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, the other the, the other big thing I think in in this game is the pressure on both quarterbacks, right, and I don't, I don't mean like outside pressure of it being the AFC Championship game, blah blah blah. I mean like who's going to create pressure with blitzes with their front four? If you watch the last game, the Chiefs sent some very exotic blitzes at Allen and kind of made him uncomfortable um, for that first part of the game where he had some errant passes, even to some open guys who were left open because of the blitzes. You know, he identified some open people, but couldn't hit him because of the pressure. Um, you know, with Mahomes, he also, on top of the concussion, he's dealing with the foot injury where he probably has turf toe, um, hasn't been confirmed or anything. But, I mean, you can play with turf, turf toe. You get a shot or you, you can put, you know, a metal sheet in your shoe or you can, you know, do all of it and tape it. So you can play with it, but, I mean, it's going to be painful. Um, James, if... if you're the Bills. Are you going to try to test Mahomes with that? Are you going to blitz him? Because traditionally, if you blitz Mahomes, Mahomes you get killed. Like, he's, he's the best quarterback against the Blitz since he's basically been in the league for the last three years. But, you know, with the injury, does that make it different for you?
1: I think so. Did I read? I, I could be making this up, and, and maybe you know. But did I read that they didn't blitz once in the first matchup?
0: Who's that, the Bills?
1: The Bills, yeah. I, that,
0: I, I'm that, not that, sure, to be honest with you.
1: I, I thought I saw that. It could be mistaken, but I, I'd like to think that that increases a little bit if that's the case, and I think you do that early just to test the waters. Um, I think in the past we've seen Mahomes beat teams. We, we know he can beat teams with his arm, right? Like That's that's just a given. Uh, that's, that's a strength, but he's also very good on his feet, and we saw that in the playoffs last year. I think he had a couple of touchdown runs, and he had a very long one. It was against the Titans. Um, right before half um, in the AFC Championship. I think it was either that or the Texans. He had a very long touchdown run. So he, he, he can do that. And I think that toe injury could possibly take that away or at least minimize that risk. So uh, I'd like to see them maybe test that early and just kind of, I don't know, see, see how he responds. Um, I'm, I'm not a defensive coordinator for obvious reasons, but I, I just, I don't know, I, I'd like to really see where he's at both with, with, with those, with the, the head injury, neck injury, and with the, the foot injury.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that'll be interesting to see because that does make a little bit of sense to see if, you know, whether or not, and even it's not even, you don't even have to really hit him. It's just make him uncomfortable in the pocket and move around and see, see, you know, how the foot responds and whether or not he can make throws, um, you know, moving around the pocket if, if that pocket gets moved. So any closing thoughts on this Bills-Chiefs game, AK, before we move on? Obviously, we spent a, spent a little bit more time on it because obviously I'm a Chiefs fan and, and James is a Bills fan here, so went into some good depth about it. But um, any closing thoughts before we move on, AK?
2: I just want both teams you know, to come out, and I want Mahomes to be playing. I want the Bills receivers to come out healthy because I think this is going to be – Possibly one of the best games of the whole year, and I really don't want to see it come down to something stupid like we had happen with Lamar leaving the game early or Mahomes leaving the game early. So I'm really just hoping that it's kind of injury free and Mahomes can play just so we can see who the best team is coming from the AFC.
1: I hope it tops the uh, Chiefs Rams Monday night football game. Like, I hope this is like <laughs> 60 to 63.
0: I- I honestly don't know if my heart could handle that. I, I, oh I would, man,
1: it would be so good.
0: <laughs> Who was the person no. that predicted double overtime? Oh yeah, uh,
1: I was one of the some analyst, right?
0: Sam was it Sam Wasser yeah. or something like that? Said 59, 56, and double overtime. My God, uh, love that. <laughs> that would be that would be wild. That would be wild. James, Do we have a... yeah, go ahead.
1: As say, any thoughts on the totals on either of these games? So right now, the Packers Bucks is sitting at fifty one, and Chiefs Bills is sitting at fifty four.
2: Under over, under under
1: in the Packers game.
2: Under under in the Packers game. Over in the Bills
0: Chiefs.
1: I, I can see that.
0: Yeah, I can see that too. I I, I mean, I, I kind of see... lean
1: towards over in both. Oh, I, yeah. I think we've seen some low scoring games, and I think we're just all of a sudden going to have like a points explosion.
0: Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I, I mean, I said we, we're owed. Yeah, we are owed. I know. I, the, some of these games, man. I don't think that any of these games have gone kind of how I anticipated them. Really, obviously, that reflects how my picks have been. So I could be dead or wrong this week. It's probably going to be end up being Tampa Bay and Buffalo that makes the Super Bowl, but hopefully not. Hopefully, it's at least Kansas City. At least I get that one right. But, um, and James, any closing thought on the Bills, Bills, Chiefs game?
1: No, um, like Ak said, I'm I'm rooting for a good game. Um, you know, I I hope it's uh, from a Bills to make the the Super Bowl standpoint. It's obviously easier if Mahomes isn't out there. But at the end of the day, I want the Bills to be the best. I want them to be considered the best. I don't want an asterisk or anything like that. So uh, I hope he's out there. Um, I just hope it's a high scoring, fun game. I hope it's a close game. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I do have some futures on uh, Chiefs Super Bowl. So if my bills do end up falling short, I, I have that to fall back on. So
0: Yeah, very nice. I, I think that um, the, the championship game weekend is one of my favorite weekends uh, of the whole year. Um, I love having two games. I, I, I think that just the you can feel how much it's just ramped up for those games, the the atmosphere, you know, I wish there was more fans. Obviously, that's going to be in the stands. Kansas City, you know, has some, but it's going to be a fun game. I, I I hope everybody, like you said, guys, just healthy. They get out there and play, and then obviously that Kansas City goes their to their second straight Super Bowl. That's that's what everybody's cheering for. That's what I, you guys are telling me. I think right. Yeah. Yep. Just, yep. Um, <laughs> just kidding, James. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some DFS here. So. Just I want, real quick, we're going to go position by position, but just, again, to reiterate some of the injuries that are going on, um, Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins, and Clyde Edwards, a layer are were all limited in practice today for Kansas City. Gabriel Davis did not practice today for Buffalo, so those are pretty big to keep an eye on um, on both sides of the the ball for that. In Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown did not practice with his knee. Ronald Jones was limited. Um Greg Alman on Twitter uh tweeted out and Justin Freeman pointed it out um that he expects the workload to kinda of be the same as it was last week for Tampa Bay, where you kinda of saw, you know, Leonard Fournette or playoff Lenny, I guess everybody's calling him, um, get get a majority of the touches and Ronald Jones kinda of be the second guy in um, as far as Green Bay, Alan Lazard and A.J. Dillon were limited. So again, limited is not too bad. The do not practice is tough, but it is only Wednesday um, as we record this. So, you know, you'll just have to keep an eye on it as you go further along the way. Let's start at quarterbacks and we'll go right each position by position since there's only two games and not as many to talk about. Right up top, Patrick Mahomes, seventy-six hundred dollars. He's the most expensive one on the slate. Then you have Josh Allen at sixty-nine hundred dollars, Aaron Rodgers at sixty-five, Tom Brady at sixty-one hundred dollars. Um, A.K. If you're looking at this, are you going to be willing to pay up for Patrick Mahomes at seventy-six hundred dollars on his, at, you know, at that price tag? with you know, all those other quarterbacks providing some sort of discount, obviously all being good players in their own right.
2: I actually prefer Josh Allen at a little bit cheaper price. Uh, we kind of just touched about it, but I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I think Allen's rush side um, does give him a little bit more value just because of Mahomes' toe. I don't know if he's going to be picking up those you know, scrambles like he did last year in the postseason, I think they're very close. But with the six-point rushing touchdown, I think i got to give a little nod to Allen at being $700 cheaper.
0: Yeah, and to your point, Allen in the last two playoff games has 7 and 11 carries. Now he obviously didn't get much going against Baltimore, but the rushing attempts are still there. James, do you um, like Allen as well, or are you going to try to even pay down even further? Um. Or you know, are you looking to pay up for Mahomes?
1: Uh. Yeah. I like Allen. Sixty nine hundred. Nice price. If you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I, with the Mahomes injury and concerns, like again, I think he's gonna play. But to save seven hundred bucks, um, I, I like Allen. I like like AK, I was gonna say the exact same things he said about the rushing. Um, I, I think with Mahomes, you're not going to see that as much. They're going to probably try to, to keep that a little bit safe. Um, you still have that with Allen. I think he's got a favorable, potentially favorable defensive matchup. Um, so I'm probably going to build most of my lineups around him. Um, if I do go elsewhere and some other lineups, I'd probably look to even go down a little bit more just to, to Aaron Rodgers. but Allen is probably my top choice. Rodgers would be second.
0: Very nice. Um, So, just to kind of give some numbers out right now, I'm looking at some projections and stuff for the site that we use to look at all this stuff. And right now, Allen is the highest projected quarterback on the slate um, per this site. And it is only by 2.1 points. So, Patrick Mahomes is right behind him. And actually, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are the only two quarterbacks that they have projected over 300 yards passing with Mahomes projected at 304, Allen projected at 310. So like you guys were saying, the rushing there is the little bit of difference that gives gives the nod. And, and we don't have any um, props out, but if you're out there and you're wondering, like DFS, if you don't pay for a site or anything like that, if you do go to the props, it does give you a pretty good gauge of kind of where Vegas thinks that lines could come in. And right now, um, obviously, Mahomes isn't on there because the his, he's not officially um, – Said to be playing but they they do have allen over 300 yards passing and the projections for the props that i'm seeing as well so i i think if i'm you know if i'm making um you know what three lineups which i like to try to do i make three lineups um they're going to be centered around mahomes and josh allen i'll probably i'll probably end up having two mahomes lineups and probably one josh allen lineup um i just mahomes in the playoffs is a different beast um, through his through his entire playoffs he averages 288 yards passing and two touchdowns a little over two touchdowns so and then plus he generally gives you rushing which like we' gonna talked about he probably won't have as much rushing because of his toe but he he's such a stud and obviously you can't you can't really go wrong with the way allen's played this year either he's been he's been terrific as far as fantasy production especially is concerned um, do you do do you get concerned james with the amount of carries that he's getting but it, it also if you think about it as far as like a fantasy production it is something that obviously you like because he not only gets carries at the 50 he gets a lot of the goal line work too because they they just don't like to run the ball
1: yeah i i've seen a lot of i should say i've seen enough of the designed runs like outside of the red zone um i think he's a weapon with his feet if he's if he's going to scramble and uh i I've gotten to the point where I I trust that he's you know he's he's rushing at the right time he's not missing reads um the designed runs I I think we've seen a lot um so I think with recency bias with with Mahomes getting hurt and with Lamar getting hurt I'm a little bit that probably scares me a little bit more like let's let's kind of dial that back and and uh be smarter about that so to answer your question i i think i'm a little concerned i'd I'd like to see him um i'd like to see the team maybe save those more for the red zone uh with with scoring opportunities but um it does add that that uh that upside from a fantasy standpoint
0: yeah for sure so he's
1: got a sweet playoff beard growing too (laughs) You've, you've got to factor that into the the entire equation
0: I, I saw uh, his pref- press conference today, and Dan, I don't know how to pronounce Dan Fetis or Fetus or whatever from Rochester. He, <laughs> Fetus. Fetus. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Dan Fets? Fetus? I don't know. He uh, he pointed out, and he, he said, uh, just, wanted to, just wanted to say you got a great beard going around right now, Josh. And he smiled and said, thank you. It was funny. Um, yeah. AK, before we move on to running back, rank those four quarterbacks if you had to rank all four of them for fantasy
2: purposes or for in general
0: fantasy per dfs for this week
2: Allen, mahomes rogers then i guess brady, brady. I would, I, honestly if mahomes didn't play i would play henny over brady this week so hmm.
0: that's an interesting thing i mean you do save a ton of money there um, you save a ton of money, and Andy Reid
2: is a great play caller. And even if they get him blown out, he's going to be having to, you know, hum chuck that ball. So they're either going to win by hum-chuck. passing, or they're going to be, you know, be behind, and he's going to be throwing it. So I think at any at price, it's anything good is possible. Value.
0: Any, yep. Anything is possible, especially when he humchucks it all over the field. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, James, what about you? Rank the four four quarterbacks there.
1: Yeah, I go. I'm gonna go Allen Rogers, Mahomes, and Brady. And uh, R- Rogers and Mahomes is probably like two A and two B. But I give Rogers the w- with with the discount. I just give him the the tiebreaker.
0: And I'm gonna go Mahomes, Allen Rogers, Brady, just as they're priced. I think that's that's the way I would go on that one. Let's move on to running back. So running back super interesting this week. There's only one running back. Over six thousand dollars, and that's Aaron Jones, and he's only sixty five hundred. Um, then you have Leonard Fournette at fifty three hundred, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at five thousand, and then Daryl Williams, Ronald Jones, Devens Singletary, Jamal Williams, um, Le'Veon Bell, all from forty one hundred to forty eight hundred. James, this is obviously it's actually kind of funny when you look at it. It's just. All four of these teams are four of the best teams, and they really none of them have that standout running back that you're kind of used to. I guess you could say Aaron Jones, but they they don't, Green Bay doesn't use him like he's, you know, that bell cow running back. So are you going to use him in DFS or are you just going to look to pay down?
1: No, probably not. I'm going to spend my money elsewhere. Um, there, There are a couple of reasons for that. One, he's the highest priced running back. Two, he has the worst matchup. Tampa Bay's rush defense uh, is good. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Vita Vea potentially coming back. I, I think we all saw the uh, video from Pro Football Doc that mentioned it where he was activated from IR, but it's probably a stretch that he's going to play this week. So uh, I don't think Tampa's going to have him. Uh, but regardless of that, I just I don't like the matchup. I don't like the price. Um, I don't like the usage. Uh, we saw uh, Dylan get carries last week. We saw Jamal Williams get a lot of the carries in the red zone, down by the goal line. So um, I'm I'm probably gonna look elsewhere, um, and, and I probably won't get him in any of my lineups. Yeah. I think his usage will be low, uh, or his his ownership will be low percentage based on that.
0: Yeah, that's I'm I'm not. I'm not a fan of really any of these. I wish I could play just five wide receivers actually this week instead of running backs anywhere. I'm, I'm not going to pay up for Aaron Jones either. Um, AK, are you going to look to pay up for Aaron Jones, or are you just going to be paying down like we are?
2: I think I'm going to be with you guys and the rest of the country and paying down. I mean, Aaron Jones is the best running back, but he only has over 20 carries once this season. So you you know unless he's averaging six six yards a carry, he's not going to be getting the yards, and you're just kind of hoping that he gets a touchdown. And I'd rather hope at, you know forty five hundred dollars, Devin Singletary gets a touchdown than yeah. pay two thousand dollars more and hope that Aaron Jones gets a touchdown.
1: Jones yeah. hasn't been getting the receptions either. He had one catch no. this week for like fourteen right. yards. So
0: if okay, so a k if, if you're going to look to pay down, who's who is your next favorite option, or who's your favorite option at running back?
2: I, I guess I'm going to have to go with Jamal Williams. Um, he does get a lot of touches, but he was limited at practice today. So, you know, I like him. And I actually do like Devin Singletary this week just because, you know, they get in the red zone, he might get a couple touchdowns. And I think he's their only running back. He's, the you know, on the team that unless um, – what's his name? Antonio Williams plays you know Yeldon's not going to be poaching um, touches so I think he's going to be out on the field the most
0: yeah no I I think that makes sense James where you what is your favorite I guess option at running back if you're banging down
1: yeah, I'm probably this is probably chalk, but I'm I'm fitting in Fournette. I think we we briefly touched on it, but I think he's going to be their guy. Uh, Brady seems to like him. Fournette catches passes. Uh, he's given the the goal line carry, So I'm going to look at him. And you know, normally you think a guy like Fournette's a, a pay down option, but unfortunately, he's the second highest uh, salary this week. But uh, looking down, I, I do love Jamal Williams. He's he's probably one of my favorite plays um the Chiefs running back situation is interesting to see if CEH plays if not I do like Darrell Williams in that situation I'd I'd probably pivot away from Fournette and uh, get him in my lineup uh if that's the case and free up some money to spend on a better wide receiver but uh Jamal Williams, Fournette, Darrell Williams are are three guys that I'm I'm gonna look at and I really don't as I scroll down the list I mean Unless Antonio Williams is activated, I don't think he was even activated last week. Um, you know, I, unless he's activated, I'm probably not going to look to get that contrarian.
0: No, that makes sense. Um, I, I, I'm right there with you. The Leonard Fournette play, I think. I like that. He got so much of the work. You know, he's got um, – I just lost my notes here. He's got uh, 36 carries. In the last two playoff games, and he's got ten targets in the last two playoff games. He has a rushing touchdown against Washington, a receiving touchdown against the Saints. Um, I, I he's my favorite running back play of the weekend, I would say. And it's funny, like you said, James. He normally you you think of it as a pay down option, but he's the second most expensive guy on the slate. But um, I I'm still gonna probably go there if he can fit him into my, in my lineup, like. Full disclosure, I'm going to be prioritizing the pass catchers this weekend, um, the big three receivers and Travis Kelsey, and I'm going to try to get a combination of those three guys in every single one of my lineups. So if I can't fit them in, I can't you know fit them in, and I'll just go elsewhere at running back. But um, James, why don't you give us just to recap your two favorite running back plays, and then, uh, A. K. You'll go after him.
1: Yeah, Fournette and uh, Fournette at fifty three hundred and then Jamal Williams at forty four hundred are, are my two favorite plays.
0: AK
2: uh, I'm not even sure. I don't even really have a favorite play.
0: <laughs> if you had to choose, pick one. Give us one. S- Singletary. Singletary it is. Alright. If I had to go two, I'd probably go Leonard Fournette and I-, I actually think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is pretty interesting. Um, coming off of an injury, he hasn't played. He could get, end up getting overlooked. I don't think that they're going to run the ball as much as they did before, but I do think that there's opportunities there for Kansas City's offense if you're running back. So he might end up being a, an interesting play um, in some spots. Let's talk wide receiver. Wide receiver, most expensive guy on the slate, no surprise. Devontae Adams, $8,000. Then you got two guys in the seven thousands, and Tyree Hill at seventy two hundred, and Stefan Diggs at seven thousand. Between these three guys, James, who do you like the best?
1: Um, my stack rank is gonna be Adams, Diggs, and then Hill. So I'm building lineups around Devonte Adams and Stefan Diggs right now. Those are two guys that I'm I'm definitely getting in there. And then um, I'm I'm between Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey. You know, at, at, the, at their price points, uh, you, I, the way I'm building lineups, I can only get one of them in there. So for me, unfortunately, Tyreek Hill is the uh, the odd man out. We, as mentioned before, we saw him put up a, a three for for twenty line against Buffalo earlier in the season. I, I do expect him to have a slightly better game than that, but I'm hoping Buffalo can can neutralize him and keep him in check. So he's kind of the odd man out for me.
0: A.K., what about you? Who's your favorite of those three?
2: I'm going to go Adams, Hill, Diggs. So Adams is my favorite. And then uh, Tyreek Hill. I think Adams and Hill are 1A and 1B. So I think Diggs is the third option for me, though.
0: Interesting. I um, I think that you can't go wrong with any three of these guys. They're three of the best pass catchers in the league all year. And that is why they are priced um, <laughs> as they are. Like I said, I'm going to be prioritizing those three and Travis Kelsey. A combination of those three guys, four guys, you know, whether it's two guys or three guys, is going to be in every single one of my lineups. So um, that's yeah. kind of where I am this week. James, if you're if obviously if you're playing these guys, you got to pay down somewhere. Yeah. I mean, where where are your pay down options? What are you looking at?
2: The
1: the way I'm building lineups, um, I've got to be looking down at like. Cole Beasley at 4100, Michael Hardman at 4000, MVS at 39. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what we find out about Sammy Watkins. I think he could be a, a sneaky play at 3800. Um, Gabriel Davis kind of scares me. He gave us a gave us a, a zero this past past week. So um, Scotty Miller is a good good guy to look at too at 34. Uh, especially with Antonio Brown uh, on the injury report. I think he's day-to-day, so it, it seems like he may end up playing, but Scotty Miller might be a guy that we, we saw him make a, a big play last week, so it might be a guy that uh, Brady leans on. So if you're looking to get really down down, uh, down the way, uh, Scotty Miller at 3,400 could be a play, too. Um, I don't really like anybody lower than that. There's, there's not any names that I see that stand out. Isaiah McKenzie was... Kind of a a name like the last few weeks before that, but he hasn't done much of anything uh, for
2: Buffalo. So,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see where um, Antonio Brown's health is because if he doesn't end up playing, I do think Scotty Miller is a viable option. We saw earlier in the season when you know some of these Bucks receivers were hurt, Scotty Miller come in and be super productive. You know, he had a game nine nine catches or nine targets with six catches, one hundred nine yards, and a touchdown. 5 for 83 and a touchdown, 3 for 83, 5 for 73. So he's had super productive games when guys are out, and I'm going to keep a pretty close eye on Antonio Brown and see if he doesn't end up playing, because he'll, he'd probably be end up being my favorite paydown option just because he does afford you so much savings at $3,400. Um, AK, what about you? Do you have a favorite paydown option?
2: If you're playing GPP, I like MBS again. Um, I mean, you saw it last week with Lazard. I think either one of those guys can potentially have a 50, 60-yard touchdown. And I just like MVS is a little bit cheaper, um, and I think he's a little bit more of a deep threat. So if you want, like, a boomer bust home run type guy, MVS is a nice play. And then if Sammy Watkins is out, um, Demarcus Robinson could be an interesting play at 3,700. Um, I think he had the best game of the year when they played Buffalo earlier this season with, like, six catches for 60 yards. I'm just worried about, you know, Hill and Kelsey getting all the touchdowns. But if you need someone down there, I like uh, MVS at 39 and Robinson at 37 if Watkins is out.
0: Yeah, the MVS thing is pretty interesting. He actually even had eight targets in that last game. He only had four catches for 33 yards but you can see the targets are obviously there and he is somebody that does get um some deep targets from time to time in these games so um like i said you're you're gonna have to find spots to pay down and one of the options could potentially be um doing a double double tight end stack obviously kelsey's the most expensive on the board with eight thousand, but then the next um closest tight end is robert tanyan with 30 at thirty six hundred dollars and then you have Gronk at thirty two, Braid at three thousand. You know, I, I have no issue of if you want to put Kelsey, you know, put Kelsey in your flex, put Gronk in at tight end at thirty two hundred. Now you have double tight end. You have options to late swap or whatever. Um, Gronk still had five targets last week. He only had one catch for fourteen yards, but he gets so many of the high priority targets where he's in the in the red zone and in in the end zone. I don't mind going that route at all uh James what are you thinking at tight end
1: yeah I Gronk scares me I'd rather play Cameron Brait I just think Braid's had more targets and more more receptions the last several weeks actually if you look at it um he's per, just kind of out of nowhere I mean the guy like seems to disappear and then all of a sudden resurface and you forget that he was even on the team and the last few weeks he's he's put up decent numbers so uh, if I'm looking at a, a Tampa Bay tight end, I'd probably play Braid over Gronk. But I'm looking at Kelsey. Uh, he's He's got to be in your lineup. He's going back and looked. He scored a touchdown in each of his last six games going back into the regular season, six-game touchdown streak. So you, you have to play him, right? He's just like a lock. Um, and I'm with you. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid to kind of play that, that, that double tight end because you're just adding more variance to your lineup. But a guy like uh, Robert Tunyon, um, I think is, is a pretty safe guy to put in there. He seems to come up with a, f- a few catches every game. So uh, I do like uh, Kelsey in the flex and then uh, Tunyon in the, the tight end spot. Eight, and that eight. gives you some options to pivot, too, if, if you've got Kelsey in your flex.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And I think that's going to be an important thing to to keep an eye on. You know, if I and mean, like you said, with 8,000, it really opens up pretty much every Every position and any player you want when you get and when you get to that Bills Chiefs game in the later game, um, if if Kelsey's in the flex, AK, are you going Kelsey as well?
2: Yeah, you got to play um, Travis Kelsey. Um, he's basically a wide receiver, eight thousand dollars. He's the tie for first place with Adams on you know, most expensive play of the week. Uh, I do like your guys talking about um, playing double tight end. This week, just because if you do play, you know, Kelsey Adams and Diggs, let's say, you're going to have to pay down somewheres. And I'd rather pay, you know, $3,000 for break than, you know, $3,700 for MVS just because, you know, you're hoping for a touchdown. One touchdown will, you know, make that position pay off. So save that little bit of money there. Even Dawson Knox at 2,800. You know, anything can happen in the red zone. Um, He is their only tight end. I mean, so I do like that double tight end just to save money. And if you are stacking, you know, the big guys with Kelsey and then, you know, two of the big receivers.
0: Yeah, you know, and I'm just looking at the Kelsey numbers here. He's only gotten six games all year that he hasn't been in double-digit targets. And most of those games, he either had six or seven, so he was right there on the verge of it. Just an incredible year from the tight end position, just just completely dominate, um, dominant at, at that spot. So I'm definitely going to be looking to get Kelsey in my lineups. Real quickly, defensively, um, obviously only four choices. Interesting pricing, I thought with the Packers all the way up at thirty six hundred. I, I I guess I don't really understand that um, very much. And then Chiefs thirty one, Bills twenty eight. Bucks twenty seven. A K any lean here, or is it just however it fits into your lineup? It fits into your lineup.
2: You know, if you have to say, if you're looking to save as much money, you know, Tampa Bay at twenty seven hundred dollars, it doesn't really matter. None of these teams really have, I'd say, elite defenses that are you can count on to get sacks. So, you know, you're hoping for a turnover and or you know, kick return for a touchdown or something stupid like that. So maybe the Bills, they might have the best special teams or or the Chiefs with uh, Hardman back there. But I like the $2,700 just because it saves the most amount of money.
0: Yeah, I hear you there. James, any preference?
2: So I
1: think the Packers are high, the highest price because Tampa Bay has the lowest projected team total for the weekend at 23.5. That would be my guess as to why uh, Green Bay is probably the most expensive. I, I'm going – Either Tampa Bay or Buffalo. I'm just the way again. I'm building lineups. I need to save money, so those are the two cheapest options. I probably lean towards Tampa. I think they have a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good defense. Um, Rodgers could could take some sacks here and there. I don't expect like a, a lot of turnovers, but I'm just really looking to save money. Uh,
0: I'm I'm right there with you. I'm just gonna put whoever kind of fits in the lineup you know diversify it maybe look at the ownership and see who's gonna be lower owned and you know hopefully get you luck get you get lucky with turnovers or whatever but um I it's gonna be a fun week make sure you leave your flex spot for the last game so you can potentially make some pivots and plays and stuff I'm not gonna look too much at ownership this week just because it is only four teams ownership's gonna be pretty condensed so um, just have fun with it I think it's a it's a great weekend and it should be a good one. Um, let's uh, let's uh, finish the show off, guys. Let's if you have any closing thoughts, give your closing thoughts and then uh, give your beer of the week. James, we'll go with you. Um, you know.
1: I, I don't know that I have, uh, again, I, I hope for some, a couple of really just high scoring games. I don't think we, we got that last weekend. And unfortunately we were, we were robbed of that. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping for that. I'm, I'm open for, um, just two really close games. It'd be, it'd be fun. I think if one of them went to overtime, preferably not the bills chiefs game just for, I think our sanity, but, um, I think an overtime game would be cool. And, uh, You know, hope hope that the refs don't. That's one thing we haven't really talked about. Is I I think for the most part the refs have stayed out of a lot of these games, um, and haven't really impacted them too much. Um, So I I hope that kind that trend kind of continues, and um, I'm just looking forward to it.
0: And what is your beer of the week?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with the Mosaic IPA by Lost Nation. Out of Vermont, we've actually been to the brewery. Uh, it's uh, a good, uh, lighter IPA, only at five and a half percent, but uh, nonetheless, still delicious.
0: Very nice. And AK, why don't you give any closing thoughts you have and then your uh, beer of the week?
2: My closing thoughts are just to, you know, enjoy these games. Unfortunately, got two weeks left of football. Um, I hope they're high scoring. I hope they're you know, I actually really don't care if they're high scoring. I just want them to be close games, not blowouts, and uh, nothing happened with the injuries. The one thing I do find interesting is the Bills and the Chiefs are both favorites versus the Packers or the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's where Vegas stands on what the best division in football is right now or conference. And uh, my beer of the week is. Um, sour monkey by victory brewing company it's a nine and a half percent sour and uh i don't know if i used it earlier this year but i really like this beer and i only need a couple of them to get a nice buzz
1: A.K. only drinks beers above eight <laughs> percent
0: legitimately that is literally what he picks every single time that is pretty funny um yeah i'm same with you guys just hope we have some great great games this weekend enjoying the last couple weeks of football um obviously I'm hoping Mahomes is healthy. You know, obviously that's let's, let's win some money and some DFS. Let's win some money and hit some bets. And I think this is gonna be gonna be a absolute um awesome awesome weekend. But uh I'm gonna give you um my beer of the week and I'm going to go with a beer by um one of the local breweries, and it's a sour um it's called medusa and it's by mortalis uh, brewery it's super good it's really interesting it's kind of thick and milkshakey almost like so it's a little bit different it's kind of like a pineapple type taste but it's it's pretty delicious so um like i said local one that that is pretty good around here but why don't we get out of here, give everybody, uh, tell everybody where they can find us, and uh, we'll close out the show. James, where can they find you on Twitter and Action Network?
1: Yeah, I'm at Fitchy24.
0: AK.
2: I am at Kenny KennyTrulove on the Twitter and AK underscore B-O-B on Action Network. And uh, if you're into golf betting, uh, make sure you check those out for uh, some golf bets as well.
0: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jj1617. I also have some golf bets out. Um, I tweeted those out, so if you're into that, check that out. Make sure you're heading over to Border Fuel Sports where um, you can find all of our stuff, all of my articles that I write, all of the Border Fuel, Border Fuel um, different podcasts and articles that everybody puts out. But we appreciate everybody being here, had a nice long show to kind of close up this championship round, and uh, we appreciate it. And make sure you're sharing the show, tell your friends, all that good stuff. But... Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here, and we'll talk to you next time.